Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Why don't we just take a moment, just before we get rolling here, uh, from the message side, and just, you know what? If you want to close your eyes, if you want to just kind of stare at the space in front of you, if you could think about something that you are grateful for in your life today, this is... This is an action that we can take every day, but today I want to invite us all to just allow gratitude to kind of well up. Maybe it's a member of your family or your family, your health, whatever it might be. Just allow yourself to just appreciate something you got going on. In the midst of all the festivity, perhaps family gatherings and meals that go on over this weekend. May you allow your heart to well up with this deep sense of gratitude for something. Allow the joy, regardless of the chaos, to kind of flood over you. That's my my prayer for you today. Right on. Well, I'm Jeff, and uh, if we haven't met... Welcome. I'm a friendly guy, just so you know. <laughs> a number of years ago, I had a conversation with a guy. He kind of tracked me down. We were at a big event, and he said, Jeff, i got to tell you this crazy story. I said, really? He's like, I was, vo- uh, I was supposed to volunteer at a casino yesterday morning. And he said, I was running a little bit behind. I have to admit, I came running out to my truck, and my truck wouldn't start battery is dead and he says I mean instantly I'm panicking because I knew I knew we were borderline needing volunteers he says I went running into the house thinking who can I call who can I call he says I thought of a friend I got on the phone and he's not picking up his phone so he says I left a frantic message and now I'm thinking oh my god so he says "I, I ran back outside and he said I saw a neighbor just two doors down he's outside he's in the back of his car he's all dressed up he says, I, I went running over to him. I said, man, he says, I didn't know his name. I didn't know him very well, but he, he, he says, I'm your neighbor. He says, I, I got a bit of emergency. He says, my truck won't start, and I'm, I was just hoping you could maybe give me a boost. And the guy, before he could almost tell him what he was needing, he stopped him and he said, man, I, I, am, I would love to help. But he said, literally, I'm just, I'm, I'm cleaning out the car, waiting for my wife to come. We're on our way to church. We are late. And he says, I, I would love to help, but we, we are running late. We're going to be late. He says, I'm sorry, I can't. Really sorry. So this guy tracked me down to tell me this story. I'm just like, uh-huh. <laughs> there was a group of people kind of gathered as he's telling the story. He's pretty animated. He said, the guy couldn't take two minutes. He said, he even told him I had booster cables. he, He said, because of that, I ended up having to call Uber. I got down there late, created a whole bunch of hassles. I had to figure out a way to get myself home that night. He says, is this not an example of someone kind of within your gig? kind of missing the point is what he told me oh it's painful hearing him t- 
talk this way and I'm looking around and there's people kind of laughing as he's, he gets to that point. He's going, isn't that kind of missing the point? Like at this point, he kind of can laugh about it, but people are like shaking their heads almost with disgust going, typical. That's what I was picking up. Now in the moment, I was just like, oh, that's freaking frustrating. Buddy, that's not what I stand for. You know, I'm, I'm just making all these big apologies and just going, look it, I, I don't know what that guy's about, but man, that's not what it's supposed to be, blah, 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 blah. But I have to admit that stepping back from that conversation with him, I have to admit that probably in my lifetime, there have been so many occasions when in the midst of what I am trying to do and what I'm focused on, what I'm excited about, will come these little opportunities, requests, needs, people asking for things, and if I'm really honest, I have kind of given them the same treatment. I've kind of said, oh man, I would love to, but, but, maybe you have to, I've done it to my kids. I have done it to my wife. I have done it to people within our community. There have been times when I've got this exciting thing going on and someone comes out of the blue and says, hey, is there, and before they can even answer, I've already turned my head and went, I'm sorry, I just. If I'm honest, there are times when the no is so instinctive, so reflexive. I can be standing at the till and the lady says, would you like to donate? And I went, nope, thanks. I'm just wondering, "Mm, no, it's all right. No, got it, no. Which is probably why it seems, especially in the outside world, looking in at religion, there is this kind of sarcastic look at people who are busying themselves with various forms of religion, and people on the outside are going, we know this whole thing that you're about is really all about you. Like, the criticism of hypocrisy, the sense of, you guys are just doing your little charade there, but you don't really give a rip about people outside your circles. Oh, I get that from people again and again. Oh man, those Christians. Bunch of hypocrites. Many many see religion as a very self-serving enterprise. It was James, the writer in the Bible, who had some very straight-up words. I think perhaps in his time, in his culture, he was watching this very same kind of thing happening. And he said, man, dear friends, do you think you're going to get anywhere in this spiritual life? If you learn all the right words, but you never do anything with them? 
does merely talking about your faith indicate that a person really has it? If you come up on an old friend who's dressed in rags and half-starved, and you say, well, good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. That will be your food today. (laughs) And you walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where really does that kind of spirituality get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without what he would call God acts is outrageous nonsense? Straight up the gut. Hey? James says, you know, your beliefs and all the things that you talk about in your religious circles, spiritual circles, they're neat and they're important, but they probably are only a means to an end. They're designed to lead to something. What he describes as God acts. You know, here at Friends Church, we don't tell people what to believe theologically. We've been talking about kind of our approach to doctrine and theology. We have our beliefs. You have your beliefs. We're not trying to say everyone needs to believe this or this or this, but you got to know something. And if you've been coming here for very long, you've probably already picked this up, that there is a shared belief that we have within kind of our, our pastoral team and greater leadership community that has been kind of been, we've been, talking about and that has had such a deep influence on us and it is this and this is just a paraphrase of this thing but the end game of all our spiritual pursuits all the discussions that we have on a Sunday morning all the stuff that we do as a community talking about philosophically and theologically all the conversations they are designed to lead to a better world at least they should be Spirituality should lead to more of a loving, kind, and caring world. Not just God talk, but God acts. Around here, we call those acts water. Some people have been saying, man, I hear you guys use that word water. I'm not. Water is the same as God acts. It's these It's these actions that we take. And we say water can be anything that is in you and used through you to make your world better. We don't care how that looks. We don't care what you're doing, what your God acts are, because everyone's water looks a little different. But we say, frickin' take water. That's the beauty of the spiritual journey. Around here, we even created a value around this very thing. To keep the main point the main point, this is what we said. We said we value an action-oriented Christianity. Now, some would say, well, I struggle with the word Christianity. Okay, spirituality, whatever you need to do there. We value an action-oriented Christianity. We see this thing, action-oriented Christianity, as a way of life that makes our world physically, emotionally, relationally better. Making heaven on earth This is the game. This is the end game. We call this whole thing taking water. Just a couple things about this. Some people can just push this all the way down to an extreme and say, oh man, so we're just giving up our lives for the sake of other people. You know, we're not promoting martyrdom around here. 
We're not, we're not saying, man, give up all your life, all your fun, all your spare time. Take anything that you want to do. No, forget it, and you're going to give it. We don't necessarily believe that that's what everyone's called to do. But we do believe in this tension understanding all that I have on a morning like this of gratitude where we begin looking at all the resources we have at our, at our, um, that are available to us, all the different things that we can do, the time, the money, the energy, the skill sets that some of us have, and we go, okay, what portion of all the stuff I'm, that I'm doing for me that's building my life, taking care of my immediate concerns, and desires and wants, what percentage of that would I be willing to carve out for those around me and the world that's all around me? What percentage of that? Is there some percentage? In the spiritual journey, what we believe says, oh, there is a percentage. Now, it might look different for everyone, and capacity is an issue. Some people are saying, man, I'm in a space. Vince will talk about that in a second. I'm not, I'm, I'm not capable of giving a lot right now. Okay. Okay, but the spiritual question, it seems for us, is what portion of your life would you be willing to look beyond yourself to the world around you to make it better? And the gravitational pull to ask that question against us from asking that question is strong. There is some, I don't know about you, but inside of me, there is something that is constantly saying, Worry about you, Jeff. It is so strong some days that the nose can't come out of my mouth quick enough. I get my plans and my stuff in place and I'm going, yep, yeah, no, this is me. This is where I'm going. And so because of that, we began telling a story a number of years ago. Likely, if you've been around, you've, you've heard it. But it, it ultimately is where the, the whole metaphor of water came from. It's a story of the castle and the well. And it really, it's a story that was written from within our community. It's a story of a landowner who owned some land. On the land, he discovered a natural spring of water. It just kept bubbling up. And so he had a well built. And that well, it, it's like it had an infinite amount of water. It seemed like it anyways. And this landowner is so generous. People heard about this well that he had on his land. People would come and ask, could we have some of your water? He would say no to no one. He said, come on in, help yourself, help yourself. And as a result of his generosity and the, the abundance of this water, not only did this man prosper, I mean, he, he became very, very successful. His flocks, his herds, his livestock, his, his crops, his, his land prospered, but the village prospered. People had more than enough water. One day the landowner gets called away. He and his family move away, but he, he keeps the land and he puts the well in the hands of a few community leaders. He said, would you just manage this thing for us? See to it that people get what they need. They move away, people... You know, this team start managing the water. But, you know, over time, fights begin to break out. Arguments over who deserves how much water. And well, these people are coming from a long way. You're not even from our community. And you know what? That person, have you heard about them? Kind of a shady character. I don't know if they really deserve the water. 
all of a sudden, all these little arguments begin breaking out, and this leader team, leadership team, they begin to control the water, they begin building a wall around that well, which soon becomes a castle. Ultimately, with a bunch of people living within the walls of this castle with all the water they could ever imagine consuming. Meanwhile, the community all around outside the castle suffering. The story goes on, but really, we tell this story to kind of build a snapshot of what easily happens when the gravitational pull toward hoarding and consuming resources in our lives begins to happen. It's kind of a, it's a, it's a picture, it's a metaphor. And we said religion has, over the years, kind of built castles where we begin hoarding what we have, deciding who's in and who's out, who's able to benefit from the beautiful thing that spirituality is designed to bring and who doesn't qualify. Not only that, it's turned people from understanding that part of their lives are designed to, to, to just be given away. There will be more than enough, but our responsibility is to be able to look out beyond ourselves to a world around us and to actually take water to those in need. So we would tell this story and we'd say, let's not be building castle walls. Let's be a community that constantly is breaking down the castle, removing the walls, understanding we've got something beautiful that can be shared with our world that will make it better. We tell this story again, we told it again and again, saying we gotta figure this out. Every Sunday, we'd be challenging people, will, will, you, will you take some water this week? It often started by just saying, what is your water? There'd be people saying, I, I don't even know what my water is. Okay, so the journey starts there. What talents, what abilities, what can you do with your time, your energy? What are the needs all around you? All of a sudden, it's like the blinders open up and people just start looking around going, is there an assignment right in front of me that I have just instinctively walked away from or, or said no to? Or said, no, no, they're not getting that from me. Take your water. We see this as a way of life. We see this as the spiritual end game of the spiritual journey. So we wanted to put a big flag on it, on this series, and say, look, are you aware of this value that we have? And will this make sense of some of the messages that we do around here? We hope so. Are we inviting you into this way of life of taking water? Yes, we are. Will we continually look at you and say, hey, do you know where your water is? And how is it going? Why? Because we believe you were designed. Part of you was designed to take water. You hoard, it becomes rancid. Stinks. Taken water. This is why we think Jesus stood up one day to his followers and said, you are the light of the world. Do you, do you realize that? 
He called them the salt of the earth. He said, don't hide your light. Walk into the dark places and shine the light so that other people can see. And then he spells out what he means by light. He says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Let your God acts speak more than your words. May we be a community that rewrites those narratives that are so common out there about a religion that's full of hypocrites. May we be a people, may this community and everyone that we infect change that narrative to say, no, no, true spirituality is keeping one eye on the needs around us and being willing to say yes appropriate times and places, giving and changing, leading to a better world. All right, I'm done. Guilty come, part two in a couple minutes. Oh, that's awkward. Isn't that dead silence awkward? Oh my, that's hard to come on stage for. Good morning, happy Thanksgiving. Um, I tend to like to do audience participation a little bit. Does anyone know the word triggered? You know that word? Nowadays, I think we've kind of watered it down a little bit. Nowadays, it's like if you wear a blue shirt and I don't like blue, I'm like, oh, I'm triggered. Especially on the internet. That triggered is just that word's gone to crap. But the old meaning of the word had a different flavor to it. You know you're triggered when somebody sends you an email and your response is like, I'm never going to talk to that person again even though I've known them since I was four. That's triggered. Like my com- <laughs> this morning the computer wasn't working and I was actually contemplating throwing the computer through the window. That's triggered. Anyone know triggered? That kind of triggered? Oh yeah, that's a tough one, huh? I've been, oh man, you know I hate emotions, don't you? I've been triggered lately. Our life, so the Klesperson's, my wife's last name is Jesperson, mine's Clausen, we put them together, Klesperson. The Klesperson household has been pretty tough lately. Um, my wife owns a flower shop, wicked flower shop. Um, obviously I'm the biggest fan of course but um, summers in a flower shop is wedding season busy just before wedding season hit her key staff person takes a leave now my wife she doesn't like to have a big shop she loves to build flowers she loves to touch flowers but it's all her now for the last five months She has been working like a dog. She works nine to five, Monday through Saturday at the studio. In the evening, she's at home doing the admin. She owns her own business. There's a million things to do. Payroll, responding to, you know, 2025 weddings. How people plan that far ahead, I have no clue. But I haven't seen her. Oh, I see her. She sits on the couch with her computer on her lap. But like... She's just working nonstop. In five months, she's taken two days off. It's been brutal. And you might be thinking, Vince, you selfish, you're triggered? (laughs) 
She, she is this burnt out, shriveled, working her butt off, just trying to keep her head above water, never taking a day off. And you're triggered? The honest answer is yes. Not proud of it, but I understand it. Do you understand what triggers you? You know, I knew I was triggered. I, I, I actually thought I had kind of kept it together pretty good until the other day she was home working. I got home, I think it was after running, and um, I made dinner. I didn't ask her if she had eaten yet. I didn't actually make her dinner. I made myself dinner. And then I sat next to her on the couch eating my own dinner where she's had nothing to eat and working her ass off. And I was like, I'm an a-hole. Why am I being so passive aggressive right now? There's this thing we learned it's called attachment theory. John Bulby figured it out in like the 60s. That piece of the puzzle is what's causing me to not only not take water to my wife, actively not take water, like doing the opposite. You see, in attachment theory, it says there's this idea, when you're very small, humans were born completely useless. I know parents don't like it when I look at their little baby, and I'm like, well, that baby's useless. Babies can't do anything. They can't walk. They can't feed themselves. They're absolutely uh, dependent on their parents. You step away for two minutes. You parents know this. You go to the bathroom, your baby could die, like... The worst system ever. Come on, I don't have kids, so. <laughs> All you parents are like, depends how long the bathroom break is. <laughs> but little babies can't take care of themselves. They can't survive on their own. Other species, the baby's born, it's self-sufficient. Humans, not so much. And so wired, this is Balby's idea, wired into the child is this knowledge that I can't survive without my caregiver. My caregiver going away from me is life-threatening. It's wired. And so some parents and some children, they have this beautiful kind of dance that they do. The child cries, the parent knows. It's this beautiful dance. The parent knows exactly how much distance to take, how much distance not to take. And the child has a story, again, before we even learn language, the child has this story that says the world is safe and beautiful and lovely. But a chunk of us, it didn't work out that smooth. Those who have stories of attachment that aren't super healthy tend to have fallen into two categories. People who, can you throw it up for me? People, the, the, the story in her head is people are going to abandon me. This is the parents who pulled away and didn't come back when we needed them. Now, a million things could have happened. But the story inside of us is that's what's going to happen. Have you ever thought about what happens when you're triggered? 
When you're living paycheck to paycheck and someone says, hey, can I have a $5 donation to the mustard seed, whatever, and you're like, no, screw you. Jeff, what was his thing? What was it, $1 at the, 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 the thing? He's like, ah, no, I'm good, thank you. $1. Me making dinner next to my wife, not even seeing if she needs anything. When these things in our lives are not taken care of, have you seen the impact in the rest of your life? How short you are with people. How selfish I am. Water? Screw that. What about me? Scarcity. Have you felt your spiritual life when some of this stuff isn't working well? And how contracted we are, how selfish we are. Take water, screw that. Build me a castle, and you all can bugger off. Have you ever thought that maybe the most spiritual thing you could possibly do is not read the Bible, it's not go to church, it's not sing the right songs, it's deal with your attachment wounds. Let's get your finances figured out. Work on your health. Get your relationships healthy and strong and vibrant. I, I knew I was in trouble. But the other day I realized, can you throw up the model for me? This is the model we use. Water comes in this we category. It's this beautiful thing where the world around you, their needs become your needs because you care. Someone needs something, I care. Because their needs, I care about them. All these water projects we've been doing, we do because we care. I was in the lower phase where it's I against them. My wife was the enemy. I could feel it. I'm looking at her all the time like, "Mm, what do you want? She asked me the other day, hey, Vince, I was like, what do you need? That was my response. You can tell I am triggered. I against them. Triggered seems to drop us down into the model. Instead of seeing I and them, how do we work together? How do I see them as someone that's part of my life? We start looking at them as the enemy. We don't need to deal with them. It's not their stuff I have to worry about. Do you know what triggers you? We have this value. Can you throw it up for me? We value those things that create healthy lives. People say to me, like, why don't you preach from the Bible? Well, because attachment theory was only written in the 60s, and the Bible was written 2,000 years ago. So there wasn't in there. Now, I can, me and Jeff will say, I can say a verse and then kind of do one of these, like, "Eh, if you read it this way, you can kind of possibly see what. But we say no. We understand that when life is in chaos, when our health is in the toilet, when our relationships are struggling, when we're triggered, that takes out everything. And so you'll hear us do stuff all the time. We're trying to create healthy lives. We're trying to look through our lives and saying, what is the stuff that's getting in the way of our spiritual life? And in that way, we mirror them together. The most healthy spiritual thing I could possibly do is to get my attachment wounds figured out. The most healthy spiritual thing I could do is to recharge myself. 
the most healthy spiritual thing I can do is get my finances dialed in. What's the most spiritual thing you could do today? We exist to make the world a better place. Sometimes we need the stories of our spiritual ancestors. They ask us beautiful questions, deep questions. And sometimes we need to figure out, how do I take a day off? How do I lose some weight? How do I get my sexuality figured out? How do I deal with that person in my life who I just want to punch? So that we can get back to an action-oriented Christianity. So that my actions can make the world a better place again. So that, can you throw up that model, the I, them, we? I feel the we with the people around me. Their needs become my needs, my needs become theirs. And in giving, there's something transcendent that happens for me often. There's something of the divine there. So my prayer for you today is this. May you do the profoundly spiritual work. May I do the profoundly spiritual work of dealing with the stuff that's triggering us so that our lives are in we. We can change the world together. That's part of the heart of Friends Church. I invite you into it. My email is Vince at Friend Church. If you're like me and you're going, I don't know what's going on. I need help. Reach out. I'll send you some counselors. I don't know what's going on. I can't get my, I'll reach you out to Otts. We'll put his email on. He'll help you figure out your finances. I don't know. We'll figure it out together so that we can get back to this action orientation. I don't want to live triggered anymore and I don't want that for you either. May we transcend that stuff. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on a second. I do transitions great. Thank you. You know, someone shared with me the other day, and this is a bit awkward for Jeff and I to talk about, so I'm going to just go for it. They said... What you guys said the other day changed my life. And again, it doesn't feel like me when this stuff happens. It's kind of this stuff. So I just want to encourage you. As you hear this stuff, as it resonates, obviously if it didn't resonate, you wouldn't be here. But chances are there's someone in your life you're going, that person needs to hear this. And again, not because me and Jeff are something, we're not. But there's this way of being in the world that says what helps me I can see it as water to help somebody else. So we're going to start shifting a little bit and saying, hey, if this resonates with you, think about who in your life needs to hear this and be willing to share it. Fair? Was that really awkward? Just lie to me. It's okay. Okay, now you can turn on the music. Thanks, Marco. (laughs) 